0: Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life, in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Hey, this is Dave Nori, and welcome to Turned On. This is of course the rebuttal or the compliment to my wife and her episode talking about living together, doing business together and making it work. So I'm gonna give you the, the alpha or the man's take, uh, whatever you wanna call it, I'm gonna give you my side. And it's pretty much gonna coincide with what she said, but you're just gonna get it from a different direction. So first things first, you know, everything that I do now is from a perspective of somebody who's had a lot of failure and learned a lot. Um, and basically if we're going to get into how will I work in a marriage and how do I work with my wife at home? Well, the real quick background is, can you imagine a guy who his whole life worked by himself? And that when I say work by myself, I mean, I was an independent contractor either as a personal trainer or as a journalist, both of which, uh, I did on my own time, my own schedule, and I was kind of like my own boss. So answering to people, um, collaborating wasn't a huge part of my MO for the first 40 years of my life, at least in my workspace. Uh, Enter a wife and all of a sudden you have this new dynamic when you're living with somebody in a house uh, as as a married couple, but then throw on top of that that she's also your business partner now and you're creating a financial story together. So now it's a, it's a whole new ballgame. Um, you know, one of the things that I always like to do is like, this is who I am now. This is who God made me. Um, for the most part, same person I've always been, love to party, love to have a good time, uh, love to joke around. And Angelica's not really like that. We are kind of polar opposites, yin and, yin and yang. And I guess that's the first part to how you make this work is if you are going to be in a relationship with somebody and especially if you are going to be working with them on a professional level, I don't know if you want a rubber stamp for every single idea that you have. You get me on that? Does that make any sense? I don't know if that works. Certainly when I was a younger man dating younger women, the rubber stamp thing was great. You're the king of the castle. Hey, if you say, let's go here, let's go here. If you want to do it this way, we'll do it that way. If if you want to watch this movie, we'll watch that movie. That's not how life works. And it's certainly not how a marriage works. And it's certainly not how a business works. It's a collaboration. So I had to change, if you get me there, I had to change that way of thinking on a couple levels. Whereas most people will go into a relationship and still keep their their same job and separate jobs, they can keep that part the way they have always known it. I was changing in two different ways. So this is one of my favorite lines here. Uh, When the prophet Paul said, when I was a boy, I talked like a boy. I thought like a boy. I reasoned like a boy. But when I became a man, that's the key word. When I became a man, I put childish and boyish ways behind me. Hmm. Do we ever grow up, guys? Do we really ever grow up? Isn't that the, the the dichotomy in most relationships? My husband is the is the sixteen year old at heart, and the woman is the responsible one, and uh, we just want to tell fart jokes and uh, drink beers and watch football. Kind of a stereotype. A little bit of it is true, right? A little bit. But I have some rules here. You know, when Angelique and I first got together, I didn't just marry a strong woman. I didn't just marry someone I was equally yoked with. I married like a ninja badass woman, both physically and mentally. Very strong. So that is something we have to look at first. If you guys right now think about your parents for a second, maybe if you're younger, go back to your grandparents. Think about what their relationship was like. Where, where the boundaries were, what the roles were like. You know, we, we look at this kind of society here in America, this patriarchal society, where in the old movies, whether it was June Cleaver or Leave it to Beaver or Little House on the Prairie, the man went out, did all the heavy lifting, and the wife woke up, had her apron on in the morning, looked perfect, cooked the meals. Had the kids off to of school, was there with dinner when Pops came home, he had his cigar or his pipe, and everything was perfect. Well, that doesn't exist. Wake up. This is 2019. That doesn't happen anymore. I like that. I like that, but it's a transition. We see this happening. We see we've seen it happening in our homes and then we see it happening in the workforce. If you are a man right now and you haven't had a woman as an equal, either in your business or even maybe as a manager, either it's going to happen or it's happening now. And if you're one of those guys that is chauvinistic, it's going to be tough. If you're a person who says, you know what, this is the evolution of of where we're going and I'm going to work with it and be open to the possibility. I have a good good relationship with Angelique. It's not perfect. And that was one of my biggest things when we decided to do this podcast. And this particular episode, which we just went back and forth about, I said, you know, babe, I'm not sure what you want me to say. Because we the cliche these days is we got to be raw and real. We know that. It's a cliche. Everybody talks about being authentic. We want to do that, but the fact of the matter is, we do pretty good with what we have. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give both of us a little bit of credit. I know if you've listened to her side of the podcast and the females take that she gave me a lot of love, and I appreciate that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna reciprocate the love on my end because it's earned. Now. As a journalist, if we go back 15 years, I wrote a column called He Said, She Said. This is way before I met her, Angelique. And it was satirical. And we talked about the funny things and some of the serious things, but really what separated men from women. And I always took that kind of male chauvinistic standpoint. It's funny how marriage and life changes you (laughs) in 10 or 15 years. I've learned a lot. And guys, if you're out there listening to me right now, I know you're you're nodding in agreement. Things are never the way you think they're going to be. And here's my here's my way of letting you know this and I know you're going to agree with me. Do you watch comedy? Have you ever seen stand-up comedy? Think about right now. Your favorite stand-up comic Think about one that talks about marriage, family, and relationships, which a lot of them do. And what happens is they'll tell a joke about their wives in the house or their kids. So they'll tell a joke about their sex life and everybody's cracking up in the audience. Mostly the men, right? Why? Why is everybody laughing? I'll tell you why, and you know this, because it's true comedians take the parts of life that we are afraid to talk about. And we think that, man, that's just me. And they make humor out of it. And people laugh because they're like, yes, yes, that's what's happening to me. So we find community here. We find community because we can relate to these things. Hopefully you're listening now going, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath and listen because Maybe some of the crap that I've been going through in my marriage or my, uh, my business with my wife is what they're going to talk about. And it is. So I'm going to give you a couple of things that I have really found to be helpful. Now, Angelique is very, very articulate. Me, not so much. My strength my strength is finding the humor and making things fun. Her strength is, is really smoothing things out. So before I get into the business P's and Q's, I want to relate this to one simple thing that if you're married, you'll know. If you are married right now, I'm not going to say everybody because sometimes there's a role reversal, but I'm going to say most of the people I talk to, you're going to relate to this. We're going to look at life and marriage through the lens. Are you ready for this? Through the lens of the bedtime routine. Here it is from a man's perspective. Wow, I'm tired. I need to go to bed. You Walk into the bedroom, the bathroom. You brush your teeth. You get under the covers you're done, that's it, lights out, I'm ready to go to bed, now, let's look at it, typically, I'm I'm, I'm stereotyping a little bit here, I'm generalizing, let's look at it from the female perspective, I'm tired, it's late, what do I need to do around the house first, maybe do some stuff, then I'm going to walk into the bedroom, there's going to be a certain routine around how I put my hair back, how I take my makeup off, how I wash my face, what I'm wearing, what kind of PJs, how many pillows are on the bed. Is it right? All these little details. And 30 or 40 minutes later, she's ready to go to sleep. That's the way it is. And and I see this as this big kind of looking glass under what's going on underneath is men can be really simple and myopic and women tend to not be. But again, we're going to look at things from a business standpoint. Angelique is very, very good at, at what I would say, the details. She's very, very good at making sure we're organized. And I'm more like, hey, big picture, but it works. So we have to find out what our strengths are, and make them work for our business. If I go back and I dig a little bit deeper into who she is and I am, when we first started our business eight years ago, there was some math, right? There's always going to be numbers. You can't have a business without numbers. It's, just, it's unavoidable. And I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good just the way it is. I'm not good in the way that when I, when I took my math, my college algebra test, I looked at the professor as he was grading it and I was the last one done. And I said, Hey, you know, do me a favor. If you pass me on this test, I will, you'll never see me on this side of campus again. You'll never see me in the science or math building. I promise it's not going to happen. I'm an English, uh, and, and history guy. (coughs) So, um, at the beginning of of our business together, I was working so hard because I felt so inadequate with numbers. And one of our mentors, his name is Chris Harder, who's great with numbers. um, He said, Dave, you're killing yourself over trying to be as good as Angelique is in terms of this particular part of your business. And what you're doing is you're working against the grain. That is not the area of your expertise. That is not in the realm of what you are gifted with. And no matter how hard you try, you probably won't be as good as her in that. So instead of trying so hard to be as good as her, why don't you just get decent at it and then work in your gifts? Boom. Are you, did you feel that right there? Did you understand what I'm telling you? So many of us we'll feel inadequate in a certain part of our business. And we know that's where we struggle. So what we do is we we stress about it and we work at it. And sometimes what we're doing is we're working against what our gifts are. In other words, if you are awesome at four things, but you struggle in one or two, what you wanna do is you wanna get better in those one or two, but you don't have to get awesome. And as a sports writer, here's the best analogy. Here's the best analogy, and you're going to get it right away when I tell you this analogy from sports, whether you know sports or not. Okay, you ready? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, awesome, awesome golfer. You know why? Long ball. Guy drives for distance. You know why? Awesome putter long ball, on the greens, great. You know where Tiger wasn't great at? Pitching. He wasn't great at pitching and he worked and he worked and he worked because he wanted to be as equally great in pitching as he was driving and putting. Until finally he had a coach that came along and said, hey, Tiger, you don't need to be a great pitcher. Your strengths lie in other places. Be adequate, work to the point where you're adequate in it and it's good, But remember, that's not the strength of your game. Does that make sense? Think about an area of your business right now. If you're with your wife or you're just struggling in one area, think about where your strengths are. How can you be awesome and improve your strengths and be adequate in the things that you're maybe, your shortcomings? So that is where Angelique and I really started to make waves in our business is I allowed her to do the things that she was good at and she allowed me to do the things I was good at and we complemented one another. I know you feel that. I know you do. Okay. So that's where it begins. What are your strengths? What are you good at? The second thing is humble yourself. You have to humble yourself. And I'm going to talk a little bit again in generalizations, making some assumptions. Men, some of you guys have a hard time humbling yourselves, especially if you're working with your wife. Don't. You are on the same team. You wear the same colors, same home stadium. The competition is for other people, not you. Humble yourself edify her, encourage her, thank her, praise her, appreciate her for her gifts. And likewise, ladies, the same should be done for your men. Sometimes the most important compliment that you will receive comes only from your spouse. If you're working together or even if you're not, in other words, You can have a customer compliment you. You can have a coworker compliment you. Another equal, a boss, a subordinate. It doesn't matter. You gotta hear it from the person you lay your head down at night with. Because think about this. I've lived with Angelique. I've known her for more than a decade. She's been on the cover of magazines. She's been number one in her position when it was in corporate America, everywhere we go, people lavish praise on her and it's well-deserved. So for the longest time, guess what I didn't do? I didn't compliment her. Because I thought, yeah, you know what? She gets it everywhere. She knows. (laughs) She knows. Wherever we go, she knows. So I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Guess where she wanted to hear it from? Guess who she needed to hear it from most? Me. That was a lesson that I learned that I'll never forget. I told her one day and she's like, I've been waiting to hear that. She's like, "I it doesn't mean as much from anybody else as it means coming from my husband. And that goes both ways. Super important. So, if I get into like three other things before I before I get out of here, three really important things, I'm going to make them quick. Um, I would say, first of all, you know, you got to look at your house when you're working together. Your body language. You're with each other all day. You're with each other almost all the time if you're working together or if you do a home-based business. I remember my dad would leave in the morning, go to work. My mom would leave in the morning, go to work. They'd come home. Mom would get home like an hour before dad. We'd spend a couple hours eating, maybe a TV show at nighttime. So you really appreciated the moments you had with your spouse or your family. Well, if you run a home-based business, you're working with your wife, you're home with your kids most of the day, guess what? You can lose sight of how valuable the person is because you're always around them. So don't take it for granted and don't allow yourself to wear it in your body language. You have to be cognizant of what you're saying and what you're displaying with your posture, with your face, because that's what you're feeding off of during the day. And it's work because you're with each other more than the average couple. Because you're spending so much time together, you have to be cognizant of it. It's work. Because the the hardest thing to do is sometimes, or the easiest, both ways, is read somebody's emotions on their body. What are they doing? What are they saying? Either you're feeling it, and it's overt, and it's very plain to see, or you're guessing, and you're wondering. So I want you to be cognizant of how you're handling yourself, and you're Body language. The second part of that is kind of goes into that is, are you talking about the things that are going on in your business when they are happening? Or are you holding on to emotions? Are you letting things fester and build up? Are you keeping this kind of scorecard of what you're upset about for some? day when there's this epic showdown where you're going to take it out and go, you done this, this, and this, and this has been pissing me off all along. And you know what happened then? It's a major meltdown. It's a major meltdown. It usually involves screaming and yelling. Maybe it involves someone pounding their fist or leaving the house. Instead of taking care of the little things as they come up and saying, this is bothering me. This is annoying me. I'm not sure I agree with this. You see the difference? And that goes for a marriage. I mean, that's a great rule in marriage. Take care of your business as it pops up. But so many people, what they do is they keep that imaginary scorecard. Mm, That's pissing me off. I'm just gonna write this down in my mental notebook along with the other three things that pissed me off this week. And I'll tell you what, when the time comes, I'm going to unleash the fury on you. And I'm going to take all these things out in one big firestorm. And it's going to be nasty. <laughs> you know it because you've probably done it. You've probably done it because I've done it. And we're all more alike than we are different. So don't hold it back. And this goes into, if you guys are laying your head down together at night on the pillow, remember this, guys, we love to sleep on it. If you remember the old meatloaf song, he goes, let me sleep on it. Just let me sleep on it. I'll give you an answer in the morning because that's how we are wired. It will take care of itself at night in our sleep. I promise this issue, this dilemma, this problem, it will somehow get taken care of at night and we'll wake up in the morning and everything will be fine. I wish that was true, but I know it's not. And I'll close my eyes at night and I'll be going to sleep. And I'm like, oh, thank God. She's going to let it go till tomorrow. This is good because I am tired. Falling asleep, almost asleep, almost asleep. And here it comes. I can't believe that you are just going to go to sleep and we're not going to talk about this. That's what she says. And then you're up and you're talking about it, but it's good. But take care of that stuff way before it comes time to go to bed. Take care of it when it arises. So those are the two first ones, your body language, and then don't hold things in. Don't let them build up in your artillery bank of things that you're upset about. When they come up, get rid of them. It's probably not as big of a problem as you think it will be, and don't avoid it. The last thing, and something that comes from my good friend, and I call him my good friend even though uh, we're casual friends. He's the number one New York Times bestseller, Mark Driscoll, and the book is Real Marriage, The Truth About Sex, Friendship, and Life Together. He said this one day, and it was it was like speaking a foreign language to me. It was like something from outer space. He said, husbands, you need to pray with and pray over your wives. And I was like, come again? What did you say? <laughs> yes. You heard me. You need to pray with and pray over your wife. See, i I went to church, I prayed all my life, my little silent prayers at night by myself. And now I had someone telling me, no, 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 no. You gotta pray out loud with your spouse. Pray out loud. Why? Why? Okay, here's why. You're praying for something. She's praying for something. You think that she's praying for what you're praying for? I can imagine. Angelique's praying for, uh, you know, maybe she's praying for me to be healthy, me to be happy, for our business to take off, all those good things. I'm just assuming that because she's praying in silence and I'm praying in silence. What if she's not? What if she's praying for me to be more open? What if she's praying for me to have better communication? What if she's praying me for to stop? being, uh, myopic in some way or abusive in some way in terms of our business. What if now what we do is out loud, our intentions are being heard and our intentions are being heard. And we're, we're kind of having God intercede in our lives because it's very hard to lie to God. It's very hard matter of fact, I would say it's impossible. You can, you can kid yourself. You can kid your, your spouse. You can kid your coworker. When I say kid, you know, you can kind of tell false truths, lie a little bit, make it sugar-coated, but you're not going to lie. You're not going to sugarcoat things if you're praying out loud in your bed over your wife or over your husband. That's when the truth comes out. And what it does is, again, it's a form of edification it's a form of building up, and it's a form of strengthening your marriage and your business. Angelique goes, Heavenly Father, I am thankful for my husband that you've put this fire into him, that you have given him to me, and that you are going to, um, you are going to bless our business with abundance, and he's going to be a huge part of that. And I hear that, and I say, Whoa, wow. That's strong. That is strong. There's no denying that. That made me feel good. That made me feel wanted. That made me feel needed. That made me feel appreciated. Do you see the difference? Can you hear the difference? If you can't and you don't know, try it. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel awkward, but do it anyway. Try it. Try it and watch, watch the ripple effect that it brings into your marriage and your business. Every single person that I've given this advice to has said the same thing. I don't know if I can do it. It feels awkward. I say, do it anyway. And they do. And what happens? Oh my gosh, game changer, game changer. Don't hold it back. Be cognizant of your body language. Edify your spouse. Get those things out that you need to get out. Work together because you are on the same team, wearing the same colors, bringing a paycheck home to the same place. And most importantly, let them know out loud, spoken word, how much they mean to you, and allow yourself to speak those words in prayer over your spouse and watch. Watch what happens in your life. I promise. I promise. Do that for me. Do it. My friends, i hope hoping you've gotten something out of this. I love talking to you. God bless you all. And look for us again on... Turned up.